Melissa here and welcome to another episode of the Biswell podcast. Today we are talking about composure. You know what composure is or we probably what comes to mind is somebody who's not composed, right? The person who's crazy or lashing out or so emotional in the wrong setting. So today we're talking about composure and why it's important both in your personal and professional life. So what does it mean exactly? Composure can be described best as to how a person remains in control. So instead of showing emotions, he or she's in calm and any type of situation. So I'm not advocating for us all to be robots and not show emotion. That's not it at all. There is definitely time and place to always show emotion, but to be composed in certain situations is vital. When we are composed, we don't allow emotions such as anger or disappointment to get in the way of making decisions. So if we make decisions from an emotional state, oftentimes they're not the right decision. I can tell you personally, I have grown dramatically over the years in this uh, topic. So I am very passionate about so many things and sometimes in the past and still happens, but if I'm really passionate about a subject, it will, my emotions could get very heightened. And then this doesn't allow me to either communicate well or hear another person's side of the perspective. So I've worked really hard over the years to be able to check my emotions so I can still hear the other person, the other topic, as well as still be able to convey why something's so important or what the passion is for me. Most of us are composed the majority of the time. The area where we need to focus, or at least I have in the past and most people, are maintaining composure in times of chaos. You know, why it's so important, especially in times of chaos, is because you don't want people checking out and not listening or not supporting your agenda. I know someone at work uh, who gets very uncomfortable, visibly uncomfortable when people are showing so much emotion and can't keep themselves composed. She just completely checks out. So although the person may have good intention and have some really good ideas, this other person just checks out of the conversation. So you're probably asking yourself, am I composed most of the time? So this is a skill that can be learned and perfected. So here's a few questions to ask yourself if you're either underskilled, meaning you need improvement in this area, or perhaps you're overusing this skill. So number one, to ask yourself if you are underskilled, do you get rattled and you lose control under pressure and stress? And you know, we all do. So absolutely, everybody's going to say yes. But if this is the majority of the time, the majority of the time if pressure and stress are happening and you get rattled and you lose control, you lose your temper, this might be an opportunity for you to look to improve. Another question to ask yourself, do you blow up? Do you say things that you shouldn't have? And again, in that time of chaos and you've lost your composure and later you regret what you've said. Another thing to ask yourself, do you often and easily get overwhelmed and become emotional, defensive, or withdrawn? Could be another sign that you're underskilled in composure. Okay, so you're getting the gist here. You may be cynical or moody at times, but is at your go-to. If these things resonate with you or you feel like these are opportunities for you, this is the episode. On the other hand, if you are skilled at keeping composure, this is what it looks like. That you're cool under pressure. You don't become defensive or irritated when the times are tough. You are considered mature. You can be counted on to hold things together during tough times. You are skilled in composure if you handle your stress well and it doesn't knock you off balance. So just a few of the things to strive for 
if you were in that first category of unskilled. So with anything, it could be our strength, it could be our weakness. You know, so we talk about, I talk about things in unskilled, meaning needs improvement, or you're skilled at it. And most of the time, that's your lane, you're doing well. Or if you overuse a skill. So for example, with composure, how it might be overused is if you don't show any appropriate emotion ever to anything, that might mean that you're way overskilled in in composure. Or perhaps maybe you're seen as cold or impairing. Then again, you're not showing enough emotion and your composure has become overskilled for you. So now that we have an idea of what underskilled look like, overskilled, and really what the happy path is, is is really, it doesn't, it's happy path is not showing your frustration when you hit a roadblock or that you are able to handle a crisis without blowing up. Again, we all have our one-offs and we have misstep. That's not what I'm saying. It's just about being consistent and skilled. All right. So now we know what, what good looks like for composure. Let's dig in. So digging into this, let's face it, right? The new normal and the growing tensions between employees and their bosses and you see on TV every day there's someone on Southwest Airlines who's losing their cool and and actually getting physical with people on the plane or you see I see it all the time somebody flipped me off the other day just for changing lanes I mean people are outraged and clearly don't have enough composure but as leaders and people at work this requires us to act and face change fearlessly and authentically and we must have the wisdom and courage to step back a little bit be vulnerable but at the same same time, don't be over skilled or underskilled in keeping your composure. Now remember, composure is reflected not only in attitude, body language, and overall presence. So a quick story, and I may have mentioned this in previous ep- episodes of Biswell, I don't remember, but I again strive for keeping my emotions in check and especially during chaos and times of uncertainty. And I recall this one time, it was early in my career, but I had a small group of people reporting to me, and there was someone who was consistently missing deadlines, poor performance performance. And again, to keep myself composed and not to react when he would miss a deadline, I would, you know, sit silently. I had my hands crossed in front of me. I would just listen to his update, nod my head and so on. Um, Again, not saying a lot, so not trying to show it. But what I didn't know is my body language was showing it. So when he and I had a conversation about his lack of performance and missing due dates, he said to me, I know when you're not happy with my performance because you always crack your neck to the left and the right. And he was right. I did do that. And I think that was my way of trying to relieve my tension that I was feeling within my body uh, while still keeping my composure. So it's not just in what you say, but it also could be, again, in your attitude and your body language. So today we're going to look at this both from if you're the employee or if you're the leader, especially when leading during these times of uncertainty and adversity, crisis and changes, you must avoid making your people feel unsafe and insecure. So I'm sure with my body language with this gentleman, he was probably feeling a little insecure based on my um, composure. You know, these are all lessons learned and things we work on to get better. So let's dig in. So I opened up talking about passion, passion, right? So we're all passionate about something, but the important thing is to stay passionate, but don't allow your emotions to get in the way. And we know that passion is everything. And and when we bring that to our jobs and our projects, it makes us so much better. But that doesn't mean we can wear our emotions on our sleeve, especially when tough times. 
times prevail, when tough times happen. Now, of course, we know people who will lose their cool and they'll yell or scream. I've had someone in a meeting who like slammed his fist down on the table and everybody just was startled. Like that's over the top. And we can recognize those people immediately as not having composure. But it doesn't have to be that extreme. There can be other things you might be doing that you don't even realize in terms of keeping your composure. Okay, so let's now talk about some ways in that we can keep ourselves composed in chaos and crisis. So first, do you know what set you off? Like it's been years and the list changes, but I know exactly the things that just hit my hot button. And if you know those things, the better you can control your situation. Think back to the times where you felt like you lost your cool and what what happened? Who were the people? What was the situation? What happened that had you lose control? Most people tend to lose their composure from criticism. So if your boss says something you think and you interpret it as criticism or it's personal, that could be a trigger. Um, Certainly anybody who is either criticizing you personally or professionally, or at least you've interpreted that way, that is like the number one reason people lose their composure. So make a list, jot down what your triggers are, and then we can talk about later how you will work to manage those triggers. Another reason people lose their composure and... um, Another reason for the past mistakes I've made in losing my cool has been I can be very impatient. So if you're anything like me, um, the food is late, the plane is delayed, the car isn't ready, especially if there was an expectation like all of these things were supposed to be done. Of course, there's natural delays that come and, and I'm not impatient there. But when it's or if it's a reoccurring pattern, someone's always late for a meeting. You know, that's where I find myself. My composure has is in question and I'm having to really deep breathe, try not to show my uh, frustration. But again, it's finding out those triggers and knowing like now when I go into a meeting with this one person, he's always late. I'm already in the mindset of he's going to be late. I'm not going to get frustrated. I'm going to let this pass so we can have a productive meeting. Sometimes I would think to myself, you know, he's disrespectful. He's always late to my meeting and I was taking it personally. But what you should remember is things, you shouldn't take things personally, especially in a business situation like that. I later found out talking to other people, he's late to all the meetings. So it's not just me. But that's, that's an important thing to mention when keeping composure is don't take things personally. One of the things I've worked on over the years and I try very hard is to make decisions from facts and not feelings. So somebody irritates me, they say something that's not appropriate. I'm trying to keep focus on the fact and not what I'm feeling towards that person or that situation. Uh, feelings change, but fact don't. So don't operate off of your conception of how things are or how they should be. Make your decisions based on how things really are, whether they should be that way or not. And when you think about keeping your composure, it's not just at work or not in a business situation. It can be with your kids. I mean, how many times have something triggered you with your children or your spouse and you just go from one to 10 immediately? So how can you keep composure in those moments? Best thing to do, step away for a minute, go into the bathroom, take a deep breath, grab something outside, like remove yourself from the situation before you say something or do something that you'll regret. Probably heard people have said it before, but count to 10. Slowly count to 10. Don't say anything until you get to 10 and see if you can sort of calm yourself down a little bit before you react to the situation. Typically, it only takes a minute or two to regain your composure after the emotional response is triggered. So don't do or say anything until you take a minute or two and let it pass. Maybe you can ask your child or your spouse another question that you can focus and, and, and process without going into your reaction mode. 
speaking of reaction mode, I love sports and, and I'm fascinated by uh, football and baseball. And when you see these errors happening, you never see or very rarely do you see a quarterback or the pitcher like stomp his foot or even make a face. Like their face is just no emotion at all. And I always think to myself, they've got to be feeling bad inside or they're, you know, telling themselves how they have to have something, but they never show it. And so I think sports can be an emotional roller coaster. So it's important for athletes to be able to maintain their composure, right? Like you never see it. And lack of emotion isn't always the answer as many athletes need some emotions to perform, right? But but it is such a telling uh, story to watch and how they can achieve and accomplish things when they are composed. So in closing, I would say keep your composure. Think about recognizing it first. What are those triggers that make you go from one to 10? Again, recognizing it, identifying some ways that you can reset yourself. Again, if even it takes one or two minutes, take a time out, step away, ask a question to give yourself some more time, deep breathe, refocus, and then respond. So recognizing it, reset, refocus, and respond. Composure is so important. And I will say as a parent, the way you compose yourself is the way your children will follow your your lead. Um, So if you are quick to snap and quick to yell, that's what those kids are going to do as well. And that goes for your teams at work. So I hope you uh, can keep composed and make sure you don't go under or over skilled because we do need to see those emotions and they are extremely important. Um, But it's settling. You can be settling to people during a crisis or chaos. When you don't show your frustration, they will follow and feel more focused and energized. So thank you for tuning in to the Biswell podcast.